Welcome to episode 5 of Intro to Briscoe. I'm Matt, and with me is fellow Briscoe fan Melanie. Hey ya. And we've got Briscoe newbies Will. Hey. <laughs> and Caitlin. Howdy. <laughs> and today we've got a special guest, Tammy. Yay. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Tammy from Intro to X and Yip mm. Podcast. Yep. Yup podcast? <laughs> yep, I'm from Yip. <laughs> um, so Tammy, what's your uh, history history with Briscoe? Um, I am a newbie to Briscoe, so uh, yeah, it's been pretty fun listening uh, to you guys and watching along. Cool. You're enjoying it so far? Yeah, yeah. I think I like the pilot the best so far, but um, I think it's just getting used to everything and like... I don't watch westerns, so it's just... <laughs> and I know this is not like a western western, but still, it's like, howdy, cowboy, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Fair enough. What are they saying? I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to translate cowboy. <laughs> Alright, so uh, I think the first thing we do is we reveal the winners of the high and low point of last episode from the Facebook group uh, poll. Uh, so the high point winner is Caitlin's choice <gasps> of Lord Bowler failing at uh, accosting the tank. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, and the low point winner is... Oh, this is annoying going back and forth from my computer to the <laughs> microphone. Uh, it's annoying me. So I can't imagine how annoying Will's choice of Bill Swill in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Will you won one? <laughs> um, is it is Will a little bit low for everybody? It's a little quiet. Uh, is there? I don't know if there, if you can just speak louder or get closer to your mic or. I'm sitting the same. Okay, this, this seems to happen every ah, once oh, in a that's while. There we okay. Go. Mm. I don't know what happens in Skype, but it seems every once in a while that seems to happen. Hmm. That, that is odd. Well, you're good now. Okay. But something else will mess up. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, did you want me to print out that Word document for you? No. <laughs> do you want to do it old style? I'm almost done going back to it. Okay, uh, you sure? Yeah. Because it might make things easier. Because now we recap the episode. Okay. All right, so. All right, <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's get into the episode recap of uh, Briscoe in Jalisco. Jalisco. Awful. Jalisco. Jalisco. You couldn't have spit more there. <laughs> Gross. Exactly. I'm Thank sorry. you, Will. I'm sorry. How you, I forgot how you feel about spit. <laughs> um, all right. So the episode opens and Socrates is going into a saloon to, to retrieve Briscoe, who is playing cards. And uh, Briscoe and his opponent pull out a ridiculous amount of cheats, <laughs> like using <laughs> gadgets, uh, help from waitresses, and even a dog. What an adorable <laughs> dog. <laughs> yeah. What did you guys think of this scene? I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. When he it pulled it from the dog, the I was dog, like, this yeah, is that too one much. Got... <laughs> <laughs> I love I just love the little padding that he gives to the dog too. It's completely adorable. <laughs> uh, um oh yeah, as, uh, as a reminder, just stop me anytime you want to talk about something cuz otherwise <laughs> I'm just going to go right through this and it'll just be me recapping the entire episode. <laughs> All right. I don't mind if you talk over me or whatever. Um, so, yeah, he, uh, 
the uh, the guy he's playing against comes out with five kings, and uh, Briscoe comes out with five aces, <laughs> and then guns are pulled. And, uh, and I uh, like that they just out cheated each other. Yeah, that was- that's <laughs> yeah, and that's that's perfectly fine in the old west. But th- I don't understand how if that was the understanding that they were gonna out cheat each other, why did the guy not go for spring for the aces too? Yeah, I don't get that. Why didn't you cheat <laughs> to the best to of your ability? Believable. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Five- and I just like. It was like he just goes, he cheated better than I did. And I'm like, oh, I guess it's okay then. (laughs) You had to have guts to go for all aces, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so after that, we go to the the opening credits. And uh, then... um, So we open up, as usual, on the... uh, the, What is it? The Westerfield Club? Yeah. I keep thinking Chesterfield, but I know that's not right. (laughs) (laughs) The Couch Club. The Couch Club. Um, (laughs) So there's a rail car full of guns, and it got smuggled down to Mexico, and they want Briscoe to retrieve these guns. Uh, The train crashed into a painted rock, so they think it may be connected to Bly's gang, and that's why they're sending Briscoe. How does that keep working? (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) I don't know. That painter just keeps getting better and better, I guess. It's like photorealistic paintings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really getting good at painting on rocks. Yeah, I was hoping we would see Carlton Keyes again in this episode, but dang yeah. it. Yeah, we should have. Maybe he's actually sculpting the rock to make it look like <laughs> Like buildings and everything. Like trees and whatever. Maybe. Yeah. Um, oh, what is that? that noise? Anybody hear that? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. What noise? <laughs> <laughs> They're listening in on us. <laughs> Someone just tapped our Skype our Skype call. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, I lost my place again. Do you need uh, a highlighter? <laughs> no. We're doing this so old fashioned. <laughs> Alright, so they uh, <laughs> uh I, I feel like we should be like lighting a candle or something. I feel like the electricity went out. <laughs> I should be I should be reading my notes by uh, lantern light. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, so they fill Briscoe in on the situation between the general and the revolutionaries down in Mexico. Um, I don't know about you guys, but this is such a cliche storyline. <laughs> I've seen it many times before. What do you mean? Like a big, uh, like a power-hungry general or oh. a guy in Mexico and the and the humble revolutionary farmers yes. who are trying to, <laughs> you know, not get crushed. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it several times in several things. Most recently, I guess, in Red Dead Redemption, the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, for some reason, they're sending Socrates with Briscoe. <laughs> Neither of them is happy about that. <laughs> um, well, if you had to listen to somebody whining the whole trip, I guess you wouldn't be happy about it either. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, Socrates and Comet seem to have some sort of feud going on. <laughs> Socrates is very... Yeah. He's very... Uh, snappy with Comet all the time. <laughs> I don't know why. Could you imagine being jealous of a horse? <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, so on their way there, they're, uh, Briscoe and Socrates are talking about a plan. Uh, Briscoe knows the general, so he's got some sort of plan up his sleeve. Uh, they run into quote-unquote customs, um, and Socrates doesn't understand danger. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 
Yeah. Socrates' tie is a his little collar is like a mess. It's like practically hitting his ears. It's so high and like <laughs> it's just open. I'm like, like Briscoe still looks, you know, suave, mm-hmm. cool, collected on top of his horse, and Socrates looks like he's already been to war. <laughs> now they come across these people, and I'm like, yeah, I don't I, think Socrates is gonna do very well. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was bugging me. I just wanted to reach in the TV and fix it for him. <laughs> uh. These uh, bandits here want want whatever's in uh, Briscoe's saddlebags. So he takes a look, and it's uh, socks and dynamite. <laughs> the guy in the back, when Briscoe lights the dynamite, what? Did it stop? Hello. What? Hello? Yeah, got it. What? I, we hear you. Yeah, it stopped a second. Okay. But you're back. We're back. Yeah, you dropped out for a second. Why? Like, like, buzzed off. It was like, bzzz. What oh, the heck is this? Going <laughs> Caitlin, don't tell me to buzz off. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Matt? Sometimes you just deserve it. Okay? <laughs> well, it says I'm still recording. It didn't. Yeah, it never stopped recording here. Either. All right. <laughs> <sighs> Weird. Matt, I can but... see your, the vein in your forehead just pulsing. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say when Briscoe pulled out the dynamite, and, like threw it at the guys. Mm. I don't know if you guys noticed the the. One of the henchmen in the back there. Did, I don't know if you guys noticed his face. Mm-hmm. He was doing like a horse face. He had like <laughs> all of his teeth sticking out. It was all teeth. Yeah, he looked. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Irma Gerd girl. <laughs> the meme. Uh, meme. Irma yeah. Gerd. He looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> like Irma Gerd Dynamark. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> Well, uh, Briscoe throws the Dynamert on the <laughs> ground. <laughs> um, oh they run away. <laughs> yeah. And the bandits run. Yep. Uh, and then uh, as Briscoe and Socrates trot off, uh, cool guys don't look at explosions, and ex- it explodes. <laughs> Again, it's like, they did not move that fast to get past the uh, explosions. They should no. have been blown up, technically. <laughs> Those guys should have shot Briscoe as soon as he pulled that out of his bag before he lit <laughs> At the very least, their insides would have been liquefied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the shockwave, yeah. Yes. Um, uh, Briscoe and Socrates arrive in Jalisco to see... <laughs> nice. Jalisco. Imp- improvement, Matt. I'll Keep get, trying. I'll get it. I'll get it. Um, Briscoe and Socrates arrive to see General Zaka, and Briscoe warns about Zaka and his insecurity in his surprising personal life. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he appears and Briscoe gives him a compliment. Don't you and, guys find he looks huh? like De Niro? De Niro? A little bit. He makes faces like De Niro. He kind of does. He looks like a young Mexican De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody still there? He lost everybody again. God damn it. <laughs> no, no, wait, Cammy's there. Uh, we'll I lost you for a while. Oh, uh, man. He looks like a young yeah. Mexican De Niro, comma, comma, yeah. comma. <laughs> yep. Wow. Yeah, that was the last thing I heard as well. All right, well, I think that's all I said. (laughs) So he introduces his wife. Um, Oh, actually, Briscoe gives him a compliment, which he accepts, and Socrates tries and fails. (laughs) Very awkwardly. He was too heavy-handed. Yeah. Maybe the general thought he was making advances or something. I think so. He's like, yeah, I don't don't swing that way, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Socrates was too direct with his compliment. Yeah. Hey, General, you're super foxy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, 
Um, so he introduces his wife, and they talk about the the, the, the unique process of the, mixing the drink that they're drinking. Um, that is, yeah, that is the fanciest which, margarita or whatever it was. Hmm. <laughs> um, Did everybody disappear again? Ugh. Yep, everybody disappeared again. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah. <laughs> This is like the worst call is... ever. <laughs> it's not you guys' fault. Is everybody still? I'm just feeling not... bad for you to edit. That's all. Oh, I know. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to re re recap this by myself in a room later, <laughs> and like oh, insert it. Oh god. <laughs> um. Then he introduces his second wife, and Socrates is not down with that. Um. Or he's not down with that, or he's just like shocked. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Just didn't listen to Briscoe's advice. Yeah. What was that? Briscoe definitely warned him. Yep. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but I don't think Socrates listens to anything anyone tells him. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was expecting his personal life to be a little more exotic than him just having multiple wives, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what were you I was thinking? Him to like walk out of the building naked or something, <laughs> like, dressed or something like that. Yeah, or dressed as a woman or something, because like he came out and he had a band playing as he came out. I was like, okay. <laughs> From the perspective that they're filming in that, I thought he was supposed to end up being like really, really short or something. Mm. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah, he kind of looks like <laughs> just kind of looked like Napoleon as well as Robert yeah. De Niro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would have been awesome. He looks like the guy who played Napoleon in Bill and Ted's uh, <laughs> Excellent Adventure. <laughs> oh, um, uh. Did we say what his wife's name, what their names were? No. Do you remember? Uh, one was Margarita and the other was Rosa. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I thought the Margarita one was funny since they were gonna they were making a new drink with tequila and lime. <laughs> oh, you think that's what it was? You think that was like yeah. a, little, a little anachronistic thing? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I was reading about uh, Jalisco, and apparently it's. uh, That's where tequila comes from, and that's where, like, uh, the. uh, What is it? Mariachi bands originated from, and all that stuff. I guess it's, like, a big cultural center Mm. for, like, a lot of Mexican things. Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. So, yeah. Tequila. Tequila's there, then that's where I need to go. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. Um, I'll join you. (laughs) (laughs) So they get down to business about the guns. Uh, 500 Winchester 92s. Um, Oh, I didn't actually mention who plays the The general, but I don't even know if I should bother because I looked at his IMDb and he's just like got... He's got one role in everything. <laughs> I don't think he had a recurring thing on anything. Um, but his name is... <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Miguel Perez, I believe. You guys recognize him for anything? I don't really. No. Nope. Nah. I didn't recognize really any of the actors. I, I kind of recognized Emilio for something, but I looked at his IMDb. Yeah. I didn't see... I recognized him from New York Undercover. Yes, I love that show. <laughs> okay. <Me too. laughs> All right. I've never seen it. <laughs> what kind of show is it? It's like a procedural cop show, but like with these two... Um, Ami- the guy that plays Emilio, Michael DiLorenzo, is one of like the main cops. And they go undercover every week. And like one time, my favorite one was when they had to go and drag. <laughs> ah, awesome. <laughs> nice. Um, Socrates insults uh, the general by implying he would buy stolen weapons. But Briscoe's a bit more straightforward and, uh, than uh, Zaka cops to it. Um, 
Yes, he would. <laughs> uh, Briscoe asks for his help because he wouldn't. Uh, he tells the general he wouldn't want the guns to fall in the hands of his enemies, right? So help us. Uh, but uh, the general's like, and eh, enough business. Let's party. <laughs> And that, that, that's not really much of a party, really. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They've got margaritas. They've got dancing girls. What else do you need? <laughs> the one dancing girl. One dancing girl. Kind of lame. Kind of a lame party. It's, don't the, you think? it's the fabulous one-hit wonder Dixie Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited to see Dixie. Yeah, yeah, me too. I wish she had a new song. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> But she had an incredible fabric boa. It's <laughs> like, yeah. not even a feather boa, that's a fabric boa. Yeah. I need that. <laughs> it is pretty amazing. Mm. Were you glad to see uh, Dixie Well? Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> <laughs> not a fan? Uh, she's alright, I guess. <laughs> Do you prefer uh, the daughter of uh, the professor? You know... No? I'm not sure I really liked her either. So she flirts with the general, but mostly Briscoe. Um, she also flirts with Socrates a little bit. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Socrates. <laughs> he loves her so. He's totally enamored, as yes, usual. Yes. Um, That's because she's singing about accounting. Yep. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so after that, it's uh, Briscoe and Socrates' bedtime. <laughs> Socrates is so excited about bed. He's excited with the spring image. Hooray for springs! Yeah, Socrates is like, I don't know, like a small child who's staying in a hotel with his family or something. He's like jumping on the bed. He's <laughs> like, yay! Yeah. Road trip! <laughs> Pretty much. It's true because he's whining the whole time. Yeah, yeah. he is like a child. Are we there yet? <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a knock on the door and uh, Dixie comes in. Briscoe introduces Socrates to Dixie. <laughs> Stop. He fumbles all over himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dixie warns Briscoe about General Zaka. Just a general warning. No specifics. <laughs> uh, How nice of her. <laughs> won't, she won't tell him why she's in Mexico. But after she leaves, Briscoe is now curious, and he goes out the window to scout the situation with Socrates. <laughs> and Socrates follows... Yep, climbing along the roofs. Uh, Briscoe steps on his hands. <laughs> <laughs> Socrates bumbles and almost falls predictably. <laughs> but they do make it to another room. And uh, General Zaka's talking to the gun seller. And uh, OMG, who is it, guys? It's Pete! <laughs> <laughs> we need to all say that in unison. Pete! <laughs> That's awesome. Pete! <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys notice his name in the credits at the beginning of the episode? Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh, stop. Ruined. <laughs> but I was glad to see Pete here, but I found he was very un-Pete-like this episode. He wasn't as crazy as usual. Maybe he felt a little out of his depth down in Jalisco. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, he's arguing with uh, General Zaka. Uh, Zaka says no one's going to offer him more, but Pete threatens to take him to another buyer. And he pisses the general off. The general off, and he just leaves. Uh, some thugs come in, and uh, the general tells him to wish uh, Socrates and Briscoe good night. <laughs> 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 
That'd be funny if they're like, oh, we got to get back for that. That's nice. <laughs> they rush back to the room and then they're shot to death. <laughs> I don't understand though how those guys got it. Like they opened the door and they must have immediately started firing because obviously the beds were empty. So why <laughs> yeah. would you fire it? The beds were empty and made. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it helped they were under the beds. <laughs> yeah. Do, do Americans sleep in the mattress? <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh man. Uh, so Briscoe goes to confront Pete, uh, and he asks him about the gunfight where he last saw him, <laughs> according, to, according to the storyline, which is messed up because of the DVD order. <laughs> uh, and there's a funny quote there, but um, Briscoe asks him about the guns, and Pete stares him down. Uh, Dixie comes in. She came to get Briscoe so they could get out of there. Uh, Briscoe learns Pete's not working with Bly this time. No Bly. No such luck. No luck. Uh, Pete alerts the general's troops as they leave, but they do manage to escape. Somehow. <laughs> Some really bad shooting going. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody gets hit. I don't think a bullet hit a single person this episode. No. It <laughs> amazed No. <laughs> I don't know. It must be some crooked guns. Somebody's or been selling the general blanks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did recognize one of the general's men from Sons of Anarchy plays the leader of the Latino gang on that show. Oh, really? Oh, Which cool. one was it? Yeah. Was it the guy who later, he later refers to as Jose? I'm not sure. It was Steve. Oh. The guy who uh, guards Briscoe later? Um, I'm not sure if it was that guy. Huh. No, I can't remember. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just a random goon. I just remember. Yeah, he was one of the guys who um, went into the room. One of the guys that was shooting, I think. Ah. Could you imagine, though, if the bullets were actually blanks? If that's what's going on, the revolution is not going to go anywhere, <laughs> ever. <laughs> it's just going to be a standstill. They're just going to keep shooting at each other the whole time. Just nothing's going to go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Briscoe, Socrates, and Dixie escape, and uh, Dixie takes them to the revolutionaries' camp, uh, where they meet Emilio Pena, who is giving food to peasants. Farmers, <laughs> Matt. Peasants. Whatever. <laughs> Farmers. Yeah. They, uh, him and Dixie seem to be having a little uh, something something going on there. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Little... It's kind of like a cold relationship, sort of, though. He doesn't seem to be paying much attention. He's to in love with the cause. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Dixie's working with Emilio, and she in- introduces Briscoe, and they have some weird conversation with wordplay about friends and enemies that I went over my head. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand this. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, Briscoe tells Emilio about the guns. Uh, Emilio's got no money for guns. But, uh,. And then Amelia goes on about people not being... These people aren't soldiers. They're farmers. Cliché. I thought they were peasants, Matt. The, t- yes, pe- peasants. Peasants. Um, peasants. It's They the, grow peasants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Peasant farmer. Yeah. Uh, they're uh, cliche. Yeah, it's a cliched revolutionary speech. <laughs> t- what do you guys think of Emilio and his his soft soft voice? <laughs> he's just like, he's just like he just whispers everything. He's like these people. Blah 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 blah. Um, so I liked Emilio, but he just bored the shit out of me. Yeah. Whenever he started talking. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Me too. 
I mean, it was definitely like cliched, but I think it was meant to be cliched. But it was so much of it that I was like, all right, all right, I get, I get it. He's yeah. revolutionary. It was kind he of. He loves the people. I got. It. Thank you. He loves the babies. Sh- all yeah, babies. Kind of shoved in the face. Yeah. We, we got it. He's nice. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, nighttime, there are uh, Briscoe, Socrates, and Comet enter the barn. Uh, so- Socrates <laughs> wants to stay out of the Revolutionary War, but Briscoe's kind of being pulled in by these cheesy speeches. <laughs> um, <laughs> so- Socrates Briscoe and. cares about the greater good of who he is. Uh, Socrates and Comet <laughs> flip a coin. Flip a coin for the horse stall. Uh, Soc- uh, Socrates wins, and Comet is angry. His feelings are hurt. I, lo- I like. Oh, I like Horn that scene. Ball. I really thought Briscoe would have rigged that, so his Comet won. Yeah, yeah I he guess did. he's a fair, fair guy. He does not give any special treatment to his horse. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy though how Comet flicked uh, Socrates in the face with his tail, <laughs> <laughs> and then harumphed and left the barn. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty awesome. Uh, they settle down in the barn, and uh, Dixie comes in, cuddles up to Briscoe. She's <laughs> making sure. Worst skirt. The worst that skirt. skirt looks like a yeah, it looks like a big rug. Wow. <laughs> 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 oh, it's like Dixie. Come on. I know, girl. You're like a burlesque act. Come on. What are you doing with that skirt? Yeah. What, what'd you oh. think of her? What'd you think of her in the outfit with the pants and the the, the pirate frilly, ruffled frilly, shirt? Frilly, frilly shirt. <laughs> the, yeah, the pirate outfit. Yes. <laughs> Um, she I was just the occasion. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised she was wearing pants. Like, I just don't see this as a show where the women would wear pants. Mm. Just because of the time or whatever. So it was interesting to me that, like, she would wear pants. But I was like, oh, yeah, because they're trying to portray her as, like, a stronger character. Yeah. So I, I didn't mind her wearing pants, but this ugly rug skirt had to go. <laughs> <laughs> I could not. I, I, it was hard for me to watch that scene because I was like, all I kept seeing was that skirt. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> have you been uh, Have you been watching the show with Brad or separately? Separate, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder if he had any any fashion comments. <laughs> <laughs> He's usually keenly aware of that kind of stuff too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's why we can't watch shows together. We'll never stop talking about the clothes. Yeah, so these two can't keep their hands off each other. Uh, yeah, Dixie can basically convinces Briscoe to fool around by telling him her vision is bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a bad joke, huh? Yeah. I know, it's like awful. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they start making out. Um, so then someone locks them in and starts setting sets fire to the barn. And then uh, there's another bad joke. Is there? About oh yes, the, about them being on fire. About or fire in their pants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he said something like, "I don't even have an address." Like, what is that? What is he? What does that mean? I guess it just means I'm not. I didn't get stable. I'm, I'm not, not in tied a, down anywhere. Yeah. No. She asked okay. if he has a girlfriend, and he said, "I don't even have an address." As in, like, I just roam around. <laughs> um, I'm not a suitable man for you. <laughs> Or maybe that meant I'm readily available. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but you're taken, so I can't have you. <laughs> I'm readily available, but we got to move into your place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Emilio and Dixie, I'm moving in. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's kind of a stupid thing here when uh, Socrates wakes up and he's like, oh, I can't get any sleep. 
and then there's a fire raging around him and then he kind of like clears the the sleep from his eyes and he just shouts fire as, <laughs> as everybody's already been running around who are you alerting like what are you what are you helping with shouting fire uh, yeah so i just put socrates shouts fire duh <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Briscoe la- a, a, a crazy fire that even the trough of water is on fire <laughs> 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 it's like wow this is a crazy fire <laughs> they lace they laced the uh, drink with a little bit of something special for the horses yeah. exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was <laughs> uh, uh, all our horses drink Zambuca <laughs> <laughs> strong horses <laughs> uh, uh uh, so Briscoe lassos something on the roof of the pla- or on the ceiling of the place, and he walks up a plank, all heroically. But it doesn't even look that heroic. Though. I know. It's just, it's I was really... like, I could have done that. You're like, oh, <laughs> don't walk up that steep plank. Yeah. The music's all like, oh, it's tense. Will he get out of this? And I'm just like, that is lame. <laughs> but yeah, he easily gets up the plank and then goes out the window and opens the. Barn. As all of us could have. <laughs> Anyway, I think even Socrates could have done that. Maybe yeah. not the lasso felt, part, but... I felt like they could have followed him up. Like, yeah. I felt like they could have all went out the window. Yeah. <laughs> they were all, like, like huddling, like, all scared. <gasps> Is he gonna save us? Well, so- Socrates was even like, you're not gonna make it. You're <laughs> <laughs> not gonna make it up that 45-degree yeah. angle plank. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, Emilio vows the culprit will be caught, and, uh... Briscoe suggests there's an inside man, which I'm sure some of us have guessed already by this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Emilio gives an inspirational f- speech about uh, fighting for babies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, go- and Dixie picks up this lady's baby, like this lady's crying baby. I'm like, what is she doing with that baby? I know. I've never seen. <laughs> I've never really seen anybody do that. Like pick up like some strange woman's baby, <laughs> try to calm her baby down. Maybe Give me she knows her. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe Dixie just has a way with those babies. <laughs> she's a she's a baby whisperer. Maybe it's no, maybe it's not that lady's baby. Maybe she's just stuck with it. It's like an abandoned baby. I don't know. Maybe it's actually... so everyone has to take turns holding it. Oh my nose is us. Sorry, my nose just have a bunch of Z's at this point, so I don't know what y'all are talking about. <laughs> oh, did you did you fall asleep? I, I, I'm Tammy. I'm surprised you didn't fall asleep. I know, I know, I usually do, but I was, uh, I, I was so like, <laughs> why is Dixie picking? I was so confused. I was just like, why is Dixie picking up this baby? Why is this guy making a speech again? What is going on? <laughs> I, I just like that we now found out that when Will falls asleep, his hand uh, involuntarily writes. <laughs> 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 Um, that's amazing. That's yep. a that's a cool skill to have, Will. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe the baby's actually Dixie's. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> she's just like she just hired this woman to take care of her baby. Yeah, <laughs> and she holds it when she wants to look good. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so Amelia goes on another inspirational speech using a baby as a prop, and he's just like, "Won't someone give me an Emmy?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Briscoe gets all riled up from this speech, uh, and he's got a plan. Um, so then we cut to Pete singing La Cucaracha, and he's entering a bar. It's kind of funny how he started singing with Cha La Cucaracha, and so I was just a little confused as to what he was saying. Yeah, okay. we just cut oh, to him. Oh, 
Yeah, I went to look up the lyrics to La Cucaracha and I uh, saw that it actually did become popular during the Mexican Revolution. Oh, wow, really? That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. Frisco's hair looks really weird this scene. It looks like it looks like he like just got out of the shower or something. Yeah. 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 Um. So Briscoe suggests that they work together to sell the guns, and he somehow convinces him that he actually wants to do this by comparing the robber barons to the outlaws he's chasing. Um, so then Briscoe... He doesn't seem into it this this episode. He's like, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> he goes along with it way too easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Pete's... Pete's not... Like Pete's not 100% Pete. No. He thinks he's stronger from his gut wound, but really took more of a toll on him than he thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As soon as Briscoe walks out of the room, he's probably like, Ugh. <laughs> Well, that would have been funny if they would have done that, though. They should have done something like that. Yeah. Just him pretending to feel really awesome, but he's actually not. Yeah. Just a close-up of him, like, with a straight face, but a single tear going down his face. <laughs> Amazing. Um... So Briscoe goes to see General Zaka about the guns. Uh, he gives him half the money, tells him of the location where they apparently are. Uh, and before he leaves, uh, the general leaves behind uh, one of his henchmen to watch Briscoe. And then uh, Dixie enters, and Briscoe and Dixie work together to distract the guard. Um, I like... I like how they worked that out. You know, uh, Dixie's actually the one that did the knocking out because he wasn't keeping his eye on her. Underestimated her. And that guy that they they leave with, uh, Briscoe, oh my god, his hair was so greasy and gross. I was like, lad, <laughs> don't get near that guy. Briscoe, actually, you might, like, slide away. It's uh, so gross. <laughs> I actually thought that when she knocked him out, his hair was so greasy that I actually thought there was blood coming out of his ear, but it was actually his hair. <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm serious. Like, I really thought it was blood. <laughs> it's really gross. Oh, wow. uh, so they leave and then meet up with Emilio. Briscoe gives him half the general's money. Uh, and then he tells him the real location of Pete and the guns. Uh, and Emilio's second-in-command, Aguero, runs off after hearing this plan, which Briscoe notices. And he catches up to him, but Aguero catches Briscoe off guard. And he says he doesn't want to die, and he's on the losing... He knows that Emilio's side is going to lose and such. So he knocks Briscoe out. I don't know why he bothers to knock Briscoe out instead of just killing him. Because, well, Briscoe said if you shoot shoot me, then, you know, everybody's going to be after you. Yeah, but I mean, everybody was going to be after him anyways. This is quieter. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess he could have... Still, he just went through a lot of trouble and then he caught up to them anyways, so... I guess he could have beat him to death with the handle of his gun. <laughs> he could have. <laughs> he could have caved Briscoe's face in. Oh, <laughs> oh. that's awful. Um, that chin is impervious to his <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, try to knock me out. Clang! <laughs> Aguero meets up with uh, General Zaka and fills him in. Uh, we cut back to Briscoe, who breaks out of the shed. Uh, he goes and gets Emilio, and they ride uh, to where the guns and Pete are. Um, Briscoe tells him the deal went sour, but Emilio's going to buy the guns for half price with General Zaka's gold. <clears throat> but before that can happen, uh, the general arrives. Uh, I just caught myself sighing. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I think about this episode. Uh, <laughs> the revolutionaries uh, fall back. Um, 
So there's like a kind of a no man's land in the middle with a wagon full of guns and Pete <laughs> stuck in the middle. This scene should have been more exciting than it was, but people it really sh- wasn't that exciting. People should have been got, getting shot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't believe how much gunfire there was, and nobody seemed to be shot. Which <laughs> no. Was it was weird. Especially Pete being in the middle of two yeah. two armies. He should have like got gunshot again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's impervious to bullets now. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Bounce tr- off of him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's got a steel gut now. Yeah. <laughs> I had my gut replaced. <laughs> um, uh, so Pete tries to make a deal with the general, and again, he gets shot at some more, so he crawls over to Briscoe. Um, the general's men start to outflank them, so Briscoe grabs some dynamites, and he's going to destroy the guns. Uh, Pete tries to get the money one last time, but Mila is not having that. Um, <laughs> Even though the money was basically kind of cheated out of, yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> he can use it for something. Yeah, he'll um, use it. He'll use it for good. <laughs> I'll use it for that baby. Not sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that baby needs that money. Um, <laughs> Pete's pretty mad at Briscoe. Uh, Emilio, oh, I sigh again. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Emilio and the men escape. Um, Briscoe does a very stupid thing and rides out into the middle of all this gunfire. Yes, but and doesn't get shot. Doesn't get shot since Comet he's the hero. Comet doesn't get shot. Yeah. What the hell? That's a big. How, how do you miss a horse? <laughs> how long was this charge? I almost fell asleep during this charge. It kept going back and forth and back and forth. Did you write a couple Z's before you snapped out of it? <laughs> no, I snapped out of it before. So. <laughs> um, so yeah. He, General sends Aguero out to stop him. Because uh, the general is kind of scaredy cat or whatever. No, he's not going to do that. It's it's a suicide mission. Um, Aguero uh, gets... Aguero's really stupid then because he's like, I don't want to die. I know. All right, I'll do it yeah. for you. Yeah. I'll die. <laughs> yeah, he lands in the wagon right after the dynamite, <laughs> which blows the entire wagon and, and him, him to smithereens. To smithereens. <laughs> so much for not dying for the wrong cause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... General Zaka's like, womp womp, and then he goes home. <laughs> why doesn't he chase them down? I don't I know. I do not understand why they didn't chase Briscoe down. They just were like, oh, well, we lost. Let's go. He just feels crushing disappointment. He's like, I can't even. I gotta go home. <laughs> uh, so then uh, Briscoe, Dixie, and Socrates leave. Uh, Emilio... Um, then we cut to Emilio thanking Briscoe. Uh, he's going to name a territory after him, Briscoe County. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure there is a Briscoe County in existence, but I don't. I can't remember if it's in Texas or if it's or if there's one in Mexico or. But there is one. Every time I type Briscoe County into Wikipedia, the place comes up before the the TV show. <laughs> That's funny. Um. Uh, Dixie asks when she's going to see Briscoe again. Um. But uh, she wants to stay there so she can get her face and some money. <laughs> uh, yeah. Kissy, kissy. Uh, Bris- oh, Briscoe and Sakti. Awkward kiss. Yeah. Yeah, it was really awkward. I agree with you. Really, I didn't notice. No. What was awkward about it? Like they went to go hug each other, but they kind of awkwardly grabbed each other, and it was like I don't know. I think that just the two actors. I think it's like they didn't want to kiss each other or something. I don't know. I think part of it is how Bruce Campbell what he does with his arms because they're kind of just like straight out, and they like stick like (laughs) like a robot. He like (laughs) comes at her like Frankenstein. (laughs) 
Kiss, kiss. He even looked that awkward, like after he was done kissing her, he kind of cleared his throat, and then he walked away really awkwardly, as if he yeah. had just done a really bad job. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. It was not a pretty kiss. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, maybe he's just walking off awkwardly because his pants are a little bit tighter now. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, stop making excuses for Bruce Campbell. That was kind of, that was... <laughs> as much sorry. as I like Bruce Campbell, this time I was like, you eh, know. <laughs> uh, so Briscoe and Socrates ride off, and then uh, and then I cried a tear because I didn't see Bowler once. <laughs> oh. I know. Uh, I know. He's like he's like the life, almost like the life of the show in a way. He's yeah. like you know he just brings such such a fun contrast to the show. Without Pete being himself, it was even more noticeable. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because I was excited to see Pete, but then he really didn't do much, so I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of disappointing. Um, well, do you guys want to rate this one? <laughs> or you got any more notes that you wrote down that you want to bring up first, actually? No. Mm-mm. No? Nope. All right. Uh, so, Tammy, do you want to rate it? Uh, for sure. I... The episode was fine because it had P and I actually really, really liked Dixie. Um, not all of her fashion choices, but you know, <laughs> we can't all be perfect all the time. Uh, so, but you know, it it flowed. I th- actually thought the episode flowed really well, except except for Emilio's speeches. <laughs> if they could have just taken either his speeches down by like a minute or two, or you know, whatever, but or did not have them twice, then I I would have enjoyed the episode a lot more. Um, so I give it six and a half out of ten. Big rug skirts. <laughs> All right. Do uh, you guys mind if I go? Do it. Um, well, I'm answering for everybody, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going. I did not like this episode, and I remember not liking it from my first watch. I think it's one of the only episodes I remember not liking. Um, there's just too many things wrong here. Pete was not Pete enough. Uh, the the storyline was cliched and lame. Uh, there was no Lord Bowler. Um, I don't know. I was just bored, bored, bored. Uh, I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 10. Holes, holes in my heart where Lord Bowler used to be. Oh. <laughs> That's sad. Yep. So that the bullets actually made their way to your heart. Yeah. Those <laughs> inaccurate bullets. <laughs> yep, that, that's how it works. Mm. Who else wants to go? I'll go. Right. Well, of course, I didn't like not having Bowler. Dixie kind of got on my nerves. Um, <laughs> I liked seeing Pete back, and, but... I did just find the whole storyline to be a little boring, so I gave it five and a half out of ten. I don't know if this is some anybody's quote. Simple girls trying to make an honest peso. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Caitlin, you want to go? Okay. Well, I didn't dislike the episode. It was entertaining, even if it was a bit slow and sleepy. Mm-hmm. And I liked having Dixie back. I thought she was good fun. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm a little disappointed, like, she didn't have some, like, uh, bigger plan than getting her face on. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of lame. Yeah. I'm going to give this one a six annoyed comments out of ten. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think I think Dixie's kind of like a... Well, I was about to say she's a selfish character because she 
yeah, she wants her, her face on the money, and she, you know, she used to date uh, an outlaw because he was, I don't know, rich and powerful, and but I don't know, she's taking part in this revolution, so I don't know. <laughs> she's hard to figure out, I guess. Uh, Mel, you want to go? Yeah. Um, this episode to me was like it had its good moments. Like sometimes it was, like it did have some funny moments in it, and it did. But uh, yeah, overall, it was kind of just a little bit boring for me. Mm-hmm. And I know you met like you were like complaining. Oh, we have to watch this episode twice. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of felt the same way. I was like, eh, yeah, but whatever. I went through it, and eh, it's fine. I mean, it's got its good points. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give it a, uh, I guess, six out of ten limes squeezed between virgin thighs. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's how everybody wants their margaritas made. <laughs> uh, Alright, next we do high points and low points. Uh, who wants to go for that? I know what my low point is. Okay. <laughs> uh, anytime Amelia gave a speech. Uh, specifically, mm. though, when he brought the baby up <laughs> and went and touched the baby's head. And I was like, ugh, this is really really bad (laughs) that was my low point I'll uh, do my low point I guess I guess my low point would be like the whole pointless gunfight where nobody ever got shot so who else wants to do theirs I'll go well you can tell that I copy and paste because in addition to the squill brother trying to get rapey in the tub I I have Dixie's vision problem lying (laughs) (laughs) nice Caitlin, what's yours? I don't know. God. <laughs> it was all just kind of like monotone. No? You um, can see the overall episode. <laughs> it's just a whole open. I didn't dislike it as much as Matt. I think no. <laughs> Matt should say that. Um, let me, let me just quickly pick something. I am going to pick the... Oh, the Hold Up by Customs. Oh, yeah. Uh. Uh, silly, silly billies. Does anybody want to go with their high points? Well, I didn't do my low point. Oh, yet. you didn't I do was, your low points. I was over Sorry. there writing everybody's Sorry, low man. points. <laughs> Are you going to uh, pick the whole episode, Matt? Oh, I should. Uh, you should, yeah. No, I'll just pick the entire storyline. <laughs> the cliched, <laughs> the cliched storyline is my low point. All right. All right. And my high point is uh, the coin flip between Comet and Socrates. My my oh, high point, my high point is the poker game at the beginning, because <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed the creativity involved in cheating <laughs> in that poker game. Uh, well, uh, I was uh, gonna choose the comment losing the coin toss because that was hilarious. You still can. Uh, no, no, because the other one I had was um, that amazing uh, fabric boa that Dixie had. Oh, <laughs> that was why yeah. I, I seen that and I was like. I that's so bad. I thought it's so bad. <laughs> awesome. Who's next? My high point was the closing credits. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> um, my high point, I'll just say it's Dixie peering everywhere in like different outfits. <laughs> nice. Even though she had an ugly rug skirt on. <laughs> I'm not the one who said it was ugly now. <laughs> You're like, I would wear that rogue skirt. Thank you very much. <laughs> I liked her top. I just, this, it was so, she looked, like, on top, she looked young and vivacious, and on the bottom, she looked like she was 80. I was like, what is that? 
<laughs> I want to see skirt again now, even though I don't want to watch the episode again. I just <laughs> what the skirt looks like. Was oh. it just like kind of a ruffled skirt? No, it was this huge long skirt, yeah. and it was kind of poofy, and it had like I guess they were going for some like uh, on it? like New Mexican print. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was just it was just not. It looked like a Mexican drug, is what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> like it should be on a wall somewhere as yeah. decoration instead of like, as a skirt, like Mexican tapestry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, ooh. <laughs> what are you doing? Take me. You have better clothes than this. What is going on? Yeah. <laughs> she was trying to blend in her environment. <laughs> <laughs> it was her camouflage. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> she would like fit perfectly in a museum or something. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Alright, so who's got quotes? Uh, I have a few. I have to find them, though. Anybody ready with one? Uh, uh, sure. I, um, the guy playing cars with Briscoe. It's okay, boys. Put the guns away. You cheated me fair and square. <laughs> that guy's very reasonable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I kind of like. I wish that guy would have uh, been in the episode. <laughs> Should have had a whole episode of playing cheating at cards. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. That would have been more entertaining than this one. <laughs> Just more and more creative, creative, creative ways. That, like, what are some other creative ways they could cheat at cards? Yeah. Exactly. They could. They could have somebody under the floorboards, like, push, push cards up through for them. <laughs> that would be amazing. What else could they do? I don't know. Maybe they could have a card a card delivered to them in their drink or something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like a little umbrella or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a parrot. A parrot flies in and sits on his shoulder. <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> the, the dog gets sick on the ground and there's a card in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aww. Uh, what else? <laughs> Baked into something. <laughs> oh, no, I'm constructing a better episode here. What else could happen? <laughs> uh, oh, Briscoe could pull one out of his huge mop of hair. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's move on to more quotes. Uh, who else has got one? Uh, I have a Pete quote when uh, he's talking to Briscoe and he's trying to call over the guards. Woohoo! They're in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just so, so weird. <laughs> Actually, that reminds me. At the end, when Briscoe and Dixie were saying goodbye, Briscoe waved kind of like a yoo-hoo wave, kind of like. Yeah. Dixie was with He was like, yoo-hoo, with the fingers kind of wagging. <laughs> it looked really silly. <laughs> there was something in everyone's coffee that day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's a Pete one. That was an offer. If I had a dog who could do math, he'd howl at you with laughter. Uh, that was <laughs> one of mine. <laughs> I, th- I actually think that's kind of a lamely written line. <laughs> I just like it. It is. John Piper Ferguson delivering it. <laughs> yeah. Let's do more Pete. Okay. Okay. I was only gut shot. I healed. I'm stronger now with less appetite. You could be a pioneer in the field of weight loss. Weight loss? Why would anyone want to lose weight? <laughs> I think that's probably another or out of time joke because yeah. yeah, I don't think anyone needed to lose weight back then. Yeah. It's kind of a fad of the 90s. Well, I mean, it's kind of a Briscoe thing. He does like out of time stuff. Yeah. I have a quote. That's Comet. Tell him he's too late. There are two beds and they're both taken. 
<laughs> that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I liked Briscoe. Don't you have to go brush your teeth or something? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> oh. Anyone else? Uh, another Pete one. Are you telling me you've gone bad, Briscoe? <laughs> I was like, what? I hardly believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he splits up his words. <laughs> yeah. Barisco. Barisco. I love the way he says Bad. It's like but ad. Yeah. <laughs> it's two words. <laughs> I should give do the uh I like the way they said uh, Socrates Puli. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> yeah. Um I like the the quote from the general about uh about the whole margarita thing. <laughs> we import the limes from the Yucatan. They're squeezed in the thighs of virgins here at the villa, and then the lime juice is blended with golden tequila. Delicious! <laughs> I, I want to know if it's, this is the general's personal recipe, like if he has a recipe card <laughs> saying these exact words. <laughs> this is how you fix the general's famous drink. <laughs> just got, first you get a virgin, <laughs> then you get some limes. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? Like the, the general giving uh, this guy, like telling him to go get the guns, and he's like, "Save the guns! You can make it!" And I'm like, "Wow!" <laughs> is that like his pet dog? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Will has um, Dixie's line right about the vision. <laughs> no, I hated it so much. I, did. I was hoping somebody else would do it. <laughs> oh shoot! I didn't write it down. No one needs to do no. it. No. <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> Yeah. Even she looked uncomfortable saying it. <laughs> Briscoe, there's something wrong with my vision. Briscoe, I think I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> Briscoe, I can't, can't see you. I can't fo- see you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't seem to focus on anything but your jaw and chin. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, there's a problem. <laughs> oh my god. All she sees in the middle of her vision is just a chin all the time. <laughs> 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 Amazing. Uh, Alright, so, uh, so I think we've uh, just made this episode like ten times better. We, I know. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Hopefully this podcast is better than watching the episode. Um, uh, let us start with some feedback. Audio or Who's the first one? The first one is Daniela. Okay. Cool. Yeah, but that's not audio. It's All right. text. I can read it. Alrighty. Okay. Um, an email from Daniela Cox. The plot of Briscoe and Jalisco is even more cliched than episode four. There is, of course, a revolution taking place in Mexico, and it's like always the poor campesinos fighting the evil, oppressive general. There's the charismatic leader delivering a heartening speech, reminding everybody that the children are the future. And finally, like in every good fairy tale, the evil traitor can be made out easily because he's the one demanding the most drastic punishment. <laughs> And yet it is much more fun, and this is due to the marvelous scenes and dialogues dialogue it offers. It sets off with Socrates, Briscoe, and General Zaka, and Socrates, being completely out of his element, manages to make every possible faux pas very funny and entertaining indeed. Pinky <laughs> face. Dixie is in it, and the chemistry between Bruce Campbell and Kelly Rutherford is great. Watch them lying in the barn, the erotic tension translates rather well. There is one other thing I see every time I watch this scene. Bruce Campbell appears to be not just enacting that he is exhausted. It looks very real. The highlight to me are the two scenes with Pete Hutter, the one in the general's house and the one in the bar. In both scenes, I sense a joy of acting, of creating something with just words, gesture, and facial expression. Though Bruce Campbell states that movies 
that were fun to make are no fun to watch. I nevertheless feel that him and John Piper Ferguson were enjoying it. Action and reaction, that's what it finally boils down to. And here there's a good example of how to do it. <laughs> Their first encounter is all about the question of why Pete is still alive, which gives, by the way, also a hint at the fact that Socrates' sister could logically have never been broadcast as a second episode. I love them discussing methods of weight loss. And this is also about the only actual coming thing in this episode. The scene in the bar reminds me very much of the scene between Briscoe and Big Jim from the pilot. Also one of my favorites, when Big Jim confronts Kansas because he has a certain hunch and is trying to figure out if Kansas cares about Briscoe County Sr. In Jalisco, it is so obvious that Briscoe is trying to manipulate Pete. Just the look Briscoe gives him, which seems to say, Could these eyes lie? Yes, indeed. <laughs> they could and do. <laughs> Was that the end? Yep. Okay. Yeah. The end. Sorry. <laughs> I cannot read along since we're so far from the computer. <laughs> Use your binoculars. Oh my god, we should forget them. <laughs> uh, okay, this... I have another one for someone to read. Thank you, Dan- Daniela. Uh, yeah, I really like her emails. They're very well thought out. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with her, though, about the scene with like Briscoe and Pete talking at the... Um the bar there or whatever it was mm. i just i did enjoy pete's expressions there well john piper ferguson's He's great. pretty awesome yeah yeah, yeah. but the, yeah they did a good job there all right uh who else wants to read i'll do it it, it can't be mel and i because we're too far from the computer well i, I can go get the binoculars if you want to <laughs> <laughs> do it <laughs> i want to hear this <laughs> it would be hilarious okay um I don't really have much to say about this episode. Oh, this is from Victor. I don't have much to say about this episode. First, the positive aspects. There's a good deal of humor. We learned how the margarita was invented. Peter's back again and he isn't dead. In addition, we, found out, we find out that in 1893, weight loss was not a concept. <laughs> also, Dixie is back trying to establish herself as Briscoe's love interest. We even get to see the rarest of events rarest of all events, Briscoe doing something that isn't noble. The show opens with him cheating outrageously at poker, but he is still Briscoe, so he wins because he even cheats fair and square. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, it's all downhill from there. If this is the only episode you ever see, you would think this show is just another run-of-the-mill western, a saloon, a pretty girl, and lots of fighting and gunplay. Even though this episode was written by the show's creators, they left out elements that made Briscoe special. No orb, no paranormal events, and worst of all, no bowler. No bowler? <laughs> Admittedly, this was a very early episode, and it even it aired even earlier than the DVD order, so they may not have understood the chemistry between Briscoe and Bowler yet. But Briscoe without Bowler is like making a peanut butter sandwich without jelly. <laughs> <laughs> you can still eat it, but it won't be nearly as good. <laughs> This one only gets seven grumpy MIA trackers out of ten. Regards, Victor. That's really generous. <laughs> That's very generous. Uh, all right. Thanks very much, Victor. Yes, thank you. I agree. Very insightful. <laughs> what do we got next, Caitlin? Now we have some audio feedback from Seamus. Hello, intro to Briscoe. This is Seamus coming to you with his thoughts of Briscoe in Jalisco. Yes, this is much more a Western episode of the series. Not really any sci-fi elements, although the ever-so-wonderful anachronisms do creep in and there and there. Margarita, ah, again. It's great. I love it. Um, but when I was watching this, I really got a very much a Magnificent Seven vibe. Like, when they're all riding at the end, I was like, just waiting for that Magnificent Seven theme to come in. I was Because that's honestly one of my favorite movies, and then easily one of my, not my favorite, actually, Western 
course, I always then think about the TV series Magnificent Seven, which I always feel like are shot on the same sets or something because they look very, very, very similar. But I guess a lot of Western sets end up looking alike. But overall, this episode was great. I mean, there was no Professor Wickwire. There was no Bowler. But I liked seeing Briscoe and Socrates just, you know, kind of do their thing. I liked, loved everything with Comet. Comet was amazing. Dixie, I, you know, I can, at least at this point in the series, I can kind of take her leave her, you know. She's she's very nice looking, but, you know, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I found the, the leader of the, the rebels much more attractive, actually. Although that bandit, like, thing he was wearing, maybe not bandit thing, that little bandana or whatever, I was like, they made those back there, right? Because I just remember those always being around when I was a kid, but maybe, I don't know. Um, but the biggest thing about this episode, okay, when they were in the barn or whatever and the fire started... I know who really started the fire. I don't care what the episode said. It was Leo Johnson. Yes. <laughs> awesome. He's the one that started that. I just wanted him to rush in and be like, you did this to me, Shelly. <laughs> so, I knew that episode would have gone. But overall, not my favorite by any stretch of the imagination. But still, pretty fun. Pretty fun. But still, again, not the greatest. So I'll give this, oh, what do I give this? Seven out of ten, Leo definitely should have been in this episode. All right. Let's have fun listening to you guys. I'm excited to hear what you guys have coming up for this episode. I'm sure it'll be very decisive, decisive, whatever, amongst everybody. And, yes, this is Cactus Seamus. Oh, yes, I remember remember naming Cactus. Someone do that, because if not, I would name a cactus after myself. That'd be pretty great. (laughs) Next time, Frisco, I will see you later. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <That's incredible. laughs> Maybe he jumped off the, the out of the window of the barn. Yeah. He's like, well, he was like, it's a barn on fire. That would be fun, Seamus. Yeah, nice Twin Peaks Briscoe crossover. Oh, I thought he was going to blame Comet at first. <laughs> I know who really started the fire. It was Comet. <laughs> oh my gosh, he probably did. He wanted to kill Sophie's. <laughs> <laughs> It was always burning since the world was turning. (laughs) Okay, now we have some audio feedback from Matt. He said that his goal was to get feedback into the live recording and success. (laughs) Success? He also says, Vaya con Dios, mis compañeros. Right back at you. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Hello, briskets. This is Matt A. And I'm going to deliver my feedback the way Dixie Cousins talks. (laughs) Very slow and deliberate, like... We overpronounce every word in a very deliberate, slow, southern drawl-like manner. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do any more of that. Okay, episode five. Briscoe goes to Mexico. I thought this was going to be a more entertaining, laid-back kind of outing. I pictured Briscoe at a cantina drinking a Corona. Socrates and the professor playing beach volleyball. They try to get a couple ladies to join in. They decline because, you know, the professor's weird and kind of pervy. And uh, Lord Bowler would be on the beach building little sand castles. Like a, like a Star Trek shore leave episode where they all go to Riza. But uh, instead it was about gun running and Mexican revolutionaries. And I didn't really care because I felt like we're never going to see these people again. Yep. But let's see. Comet tried to kill Briscoe, so that's something. I mean, obviously, he set the barn on fire. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. I mean, later on, the guy confesses that he, I tried to burn you down or something is what he said, but it was pretty obvious Comet told him to. You know, he lost the bet with Socrates, and he was bitter, and he wanted them all dead, and he went out of the barn, and the guy came and was going to kill him, and Comet's like, hey, I'll help. 
let's burn this mother down because <laughs> let's 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 review in the pilot the those guys the Bly's gang were looking for Briscoe and Comet's like it's that guy then in another episode Briscoe's on the train tracks and Comet he's trying to get up and Comet pushes him back down he's like no you ain't going nowhere <laughs> and uh, now he sets the barn on fire I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that Comet wants Briscoe dead don't know why but maybe we'll find out soon. Why did those guys fire so many bullets into that mattress? <laughs> That's what I was asking. That was really ridiculous. It was obvious there was nobody in the bed. Briscoe didn't even put pillows under the sheets to make it look like there did somebody sleeping there. It was just an empty bed. But they just fired over and over again, just wasting ammunition. Considering that the whole plot is that they're trying to get their hands on guns and ammo because they needed to fight the rebels, it seems incredible short-sighted and wasteful to just fire so haphazardly. Well, maybe that's why they need the ammo, because they're wasting what they already have. <laughs> then at the end, they're firing at Briscoe, and they're terrible shots. Briscoe's running in on Comet. No regard for Comet's safety. This is probably why, now that I think about it, Comet wants Briscoe dead, because this is the second <laughs> time Briscoe just kind of charge at somebody who's firing at him, and he just doesn't care that Comet might get hit. This is why Comet's bitter. This is why Comet <laughs> wants Briscoe dead. And I, for one, don't blame him. Briscoe blows up the weapons and the ammo, and the General Lisa just turns his horse around and leaves. Kind of just gives up. Even though that the rebel leader is right across that field. Like, he could have <laughs> sent his men to go get him. But his men are just terrible. They're terrible shots. So, maybe he just figured, eh. I'll go home, have margaritas. <laughs> we found out how Pete is still alive. He just wasn't hurt that bad. He's kind of disappointed. I thought it would have something to do with the orb, but nope. Felt like he was kind of wasted in this outing. He uh, showed up, saw some guns, didn't sell them, felt bad for him. <laughs> Pete's great, but in this episode, he was not as great. This episode was not very good. <laughs> Last week, we had... Bowler, the professor, the rocket car, a tank, Tasha Yar, a town full of ladies. This one had a couple nice-looking sets. And a decent <laughs> plot. An amusing teaser. But overall, I wasn't too keen on it. I'm going to give it 6.5 out of 10 horribly overdubbed saloon singers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even mention that. Yeah, that was very badly overdubbed. I'm sorry for two reasons about your... Uh, your voicemail there, Matt. I'm sorry that we scooped you on your theory on Comet <laughs> uh, right before you mentioned it. <laughs> and I'm sorry that Mel had left the room when you were doing your Dixie impression. So Aww. she she didn't get to hear it, and she doesn't listen to this podcast, so she never will. I guess I'll just have to listen to it now. <laughs> yeah. it's just it was pretty food. great. Yeah, it was a really pretty good. great impression. All right, I'll listen to it. <laughs> I promise. All right, who, who's next, Caitlin? Now we have some feedback from Harold Wallen. I live in Chicago where we've just had a, a miserable winter. It's been a lot, there have been a lot of days of sub-zero weather and lots of snow. And I keep on getting colds. I'm on my third one in about six weeks. I've been feeling miserable. And I put in this Briscoe disc and uh, this episode just warmed me up, poured a smile to my face. It, it was just so <laughs> terrific, so magical. Uh, to have Dixie back and Pete and the much uh, better production 
uh, qualities in this episode, uh, but really starts uh, with that card scene at the beginning, which was uh, just audacious. Uh, <laughs> they really went big with that scene, and you know, obviously, they're not going for logic. If you were going to cheat a card, you wouldn't come up with a, your winning hand being one that's obviously impossible and a fraud. Uh, if you were going to try and hide cards, you wouldn't. The uh, last place you would you would hide a card would be on a dog, and hoping that the dog would stay still long enough to palm it. <laughs> but it's so interesting that the card shark let Briscoe keep the pile uh, because I think that the card shark is is happy to have seen a master performance. Uh, of cheating uh, by Briscoe. And, and one thing I was thinking about through my laughter in that scene is that, boy, that is such a strange decision that they are uh, depicting the hero of this show as a card cheat. Mm-hmm. But then I, I thought about it and, and I realized that, um, you know, well, first of all, that this he's not stealing money from anyone who deserved to win. He's not cheating an honest man. But what they're saying about this in the scene, I think, is that they're going to do some things that are outlandish, you know, audacious, but they're going to do it right. Uh, they're going to do it the right way, and, and it's going to work. Uh, and they really did in that, that first half of the show. Um, I thought it tailed off in the second half. Um, wasn't as interesting. Uh, so be it. Um, for me, the high point of the episode was when the general announces that there's going to be some entertainment. And you see the skirts of the chorus girls and I immediately knew that Dixie was going to make a reappearance and there she was and, and okay her song is not the most interesting song uh, the actress she's okay she's not the greatest actress I, I think she's doing some sort of John Wayne impersonation I think. <laughs> but I can't describe I she has screen presence and her chemistry with Briscoe is terrific and, and the show goes to uh, another level when she's in the scene and in the mix with Briscoe. Okay, my low point is uh, that barn door. Okay, now, that barn door is on fire when Briscoe's inside. He manages to get out. He gets to the other side. And lo and behold, uh, there's fire all around the barn except for that barn door. Uh, so that's my low point. Okay. Um, and my rating, I give this one eight aces up the flea collar. And uh, I'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. Great. Thanks, Harold. I'm really glad you liked it. And I'm sorry you're sick. And the fact that you liked it and it made you feel better when you were sick made me feel bad for shitting on it. <laughs> I think maybe I think... it's all the meds he's taking that's making him like it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I think maybe we should try to get sick somehow and then yeah. watch the episode. <laughs> Somebody suggested on a past episode that we should be jet lagged as well when we watch. <laughs> makes anything better. Yeah. Well, there you go. Let's do it, Matt. Let's get jet lagged and then pop a bunch of pills and then watch. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right. Who's next, Caitlin? All right. Who wants to read the next feedback? Yeah, I could read one. Uh, is it the Heidi one, Caitlin? Yep. Okay, cool. <laughs> She's who I read on Intro Dex as well. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> hey guys, I really like the poker scene. The cheating was so ridiculously obvious, and the other guy should have set his hi- his sights higher. I thought for sure they both would have had all aces. Socrates is so excited to be staying in a motel room. He's like a five-year-old bouncing on the bed. Yeah. Cute. <laughs> I was sure he'd get booted from the room when Dixie showed up. 
<laughs> he kind of was trying to be booted from the room. Uh, no Lord Bowler in this one, but I'm glad Dixie Cousins is back. She's great because she's not just a damsel in distress. Most of the time, she's doing the rescuing. I like that Briscoe hatched a plan, even if we all knew something w- would go wrong. This one was pretty fun, Heidi. Oh, opinions are all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> well, it seemed like she only watched the first part of it. <laughs> 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 so that was the good part. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? All right, we have some feedback from Matt Bays. Hi, guys. It's Matt here with some thoughts on this week's episode, Briscoe in Jalisco. The pre-credits sequence features the strangest card game ever with people uh, apparently playing poker, and uh, the way you win at this game of poker appears to be by being the most blatant cheat possible. Um some wonderful ways of, of, of picking up new cards there. The, the down the sleeve contraption was my particular favourite. <laughs> Didn't really understand if you were cheating so obviously when everyone can see that, the, that both guys are cheating. Why would you stash kings away and not aces? Didn't really get that. Um, I did wonder as well, maybe is, is the point of that game to, to be the biggest cheat? Because at the end when, when Briscoe wins with his five aces uh, some of the lackeys point point guns at him, but the guy says, oh, don't worry, lads, he cheated me fair and square. So was that the point? Don't know. Uh, and then we never really returned to that at all. So that was obviously an idea somebody had for a crazy, wacky GT card game uh, that doesn't actually feature in the plot anywhere. But uh, good stuff there. We get some good stereotypical banditos with dubious moustaches. Um, what else do we get? We get Dixie Cousins return with a Latino-influenced version of, of the wonderful song File My Claim. Um, it's never really explained why Dixie is there. I assumed at the time that if she was knocking around this part of Mexico, then Bly's gang were probably not too far away. Uh, but they don't ever appear. Uh, Pete's there as well. It's almost like Briscoe County on tour, uh, which was a bit odd. <laughs> we uh, see the invention of the margarita. Not sure what you guys will take on that. I I smiled inwardly, it's fair to say, at that little joke. Uh, when Briscoe confronts Pete, uh, we get an explanation of his miraculous reappearance. Um, good interplay between Briscoe and Pete there. Enjoyed that. Enjoyed Pete throughout the whole episode, actually. Some of his uh, relationship between him and Briscoe seems to be changing a little bit, and uh, and that was quite interesting and good to watch. Uh, unfortunately, no one touched his piece that I recall this <laughs> week, which was disappointing. Um, there's some good cheesy lines between uh, Briscoe and Dixie when she comes into the barn for some fun times after Briscoe and Paul had hunkered down for the evening. Uh, enjoyed some of those lines there. Uh, we get some more terrible shooting. There's there's more shooting than ever in this episode. And God, no one gets hit at all. It's really frustrating. <laughs> it always gets to me in TV and films when bullets are flying everywhere and no one is so much as wounded. But uh, hey-ho, I think I can live with that. Uh, overall, I, I didn't really find the plot that interesting. Um, a story about some stolen guns don't know if I'm desensitised in this modern world of violence, but I didn't find that exciting at all. Um, but I did enjoy the episode, even though the story didn't really grab me. Um, we don't have any of the, the Orb uh, storyline, and Bly wasn't in it at all, but that didn't detract from it too much. The General, okay, he's exactly what I expected of a Mexican General to be there. <laughs> Similarly, the revolutionary leader, Emilio Peña, yeah, you know, there's nothing new there, but but I enjoyed it nonetheless. 
the one big disappointment for the, this, this episode is there's no bowler at all. I don't know where, where he's gone. Uh, but overall, yeah, I, I enjoyed this week. It, it was good. It, it had some some funny parts. Um, and some of the, the relationships between some of the characters that were featured, I, I thought, were good. Um, so overall, I would give this uh, 8 out of 10 wow. lecherous lawyers. Crazy. Uh, enjoying your podcast podcast guys and looking forward to hearing your thoughts and i shall speak to you next time cheers wow cool thanks man i think it's thanks. it's likely that you'll never dislike any of these episodes if you like this one <laughs> yeah <laughs> good news for you yes <laughs> next one is uh something to read Valerie. Alrighty. hi all i'm writing you having only seen part of the episode <laughs> it was the first half of <laughs> sorry i have all of intentions of finishing it sometime this week but alas life has gotten in the way and frankly i got a little bored in the middle of this episode in particular my eyes glazed over when that guy from fame or if you will the later seasons of head of the class yeah he was on the began his monologue about the rebellion i think he might have even taken a baby into his arms at one point when he was going on and on and on it was a little too much for me and didn't seem to fit with briscoe Mm-hmm. As for the rest of what I watched, I did like some aspects. I was very happy to see the return of Dixie and Pete. I'm enjoying Dixie's choice of a Mae West come up and see me sometimes intonation. It stands up well to Briscoe's own swagger, and they're definitely there's definitely sparkage between them that I thoroughly adore. <laughs> I hope it keeps up, but I don't know if I want Dixie in every episode. God, I hope not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was that a comment uh, from you? No, that no, that was me. That was her. <laughs> <laughs> I think her appearance being more sporadic keeps the romance from getting dull and also keeps the focus on Briscoe's adventures. Still, it would be great to see her more than every fifth episode. From what I saw the episode, it was only so-so. Hopefully when I get around to seeing the rest, it would blow me away. Maybe. Until next time, cheers. Who's that from? M. Marie. Oh, M. Who can't believe she misspelled her own nickname on her last email. It's an E at the end, not an A. Sigh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she uh, just likes Dixie and Briscoe together until she sees that awkward kiss at the end. When she watches that part, I'm not sure <laughs> she's going to like them that much after that. <laughs> Did you already explain, Will, why you don't care for Dixie so much? You know, I didn't have... I don't... I just didn't... She seemed... I can't put it into words. It's just something about her. It's something about that Wayne John impression. Impersonation. It's just an existential rage. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna so, oh, oh. She was doing that a lot this episode. She yeah. just rubs you the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, find she, do you feel like she exaggerates her character a little bit too much? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I didn't mind the accent because I'm a southerner by birth and I'm used to hearing those kind of accents. Yeah, but it's just like the just the whole character itself is a little bit exaggerated. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Alright, let's move on. Yep. Okay, we have some feedback from Moira. Cool. Hello, Briscoe. It's just sitting down to watch Briscoe and Jalisco. Here we go. It's Moira. Looking <laughs> particularly handsome in this opening poker scene. <laughs> Carlton Cuse has been painting again. Oh my. Okay, fine. It's Halisco. Sorry. <laughs> oh, our lovely vixen makes a reappearance, and now we know where the uh, image from the opening, uh, you know, sequence comes from in her very sexy little green outfit. Cool. 
I'm sorry, I can't remember the, her name just now. I'm sure I'll come up in a minute. Dixie Cousins, thank you. Have you ever noticed Dixie talks like she's in a 1940s um, noir movie? Yeah. Yes. Is that Pete? Yay, Pete! Hold on a second. So they go to Briscoe and uh, Sophocles' room. Sorry, Socrates. Good God. Sorry. Anyway, and they shoot up two empty beds. What? You walk in the room, the gringos aren't there. You don't fire at where they ought to be. This is just daffy. (laughs) Finally, Pete's explanation of how he didn't really die in that gunfire in the street. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I won't steal from anybody. <laughs> That's funny. I, th- I think having even not watched the rest of the episode, I think I'm going to vote for that as my high point right there. <laughs> I love the way Pete says Briscoe. Briscoe. <laughs> it's hilarious. Aw, it seems to me there was enough room in that horse stall for Comet and Briscoe and Socrates. I think they should own Kobe. Where did she pack a change of clothes? Hmm. <laughs> Good thing Socrates is a sound sleeper. I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound awful, but you know, this kid, Emilio, um, the headband, I just keep thinking of the karate kid. That's what he reminds me of. <laughs> the general has a special vision? No, the general's got an inside guy in your camp, dude. Wait and see. I'm suspicious of his second in command. <laughs> Poor Pete. I can't believe this. It's so cute. Nope, you're not getting any money, Pete. Sorry, dude. We're almost done the episode. There really hasn't been a lot else to comment on. I find it kind of hilarious that Dix is like a breathy, uh, naive schoolgirl school around Briscoe. I don't know if I really buy that. Um, but anyway, that's how they're choosing to play it. Okay, low point for me in this episode was when uh, Emilio was giving his little speech and uh, while he was holding the baby about, you know, what the revolution was all about. <laughs> I just, I, uh, uh, I just found it kind of cheesy, so but I did. Ugh. So this episode for me was just pretty average. Um, I like seeing Dix again, so she gives an extra point. So I think I would give this one uh, 6 out of 10 bundles of dynamite. All right, I'll get this fired off to you before you start to record in less than, ah, two hours. Bye. <laughs> she got under the wire. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Moira. She wasn't the last one, though. No. Yeah. Last but not least, <laughs> Stephanie. You said you said that like it was like she was your mortal enemy or something. Stephanie. Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, last but not least, uh, Stephanie gives us some great feedback. <laughs> Good recovery. Hello, Andrew de Briscoe. This is Stephanie. Uh, this is episode, uh, what is it? Briscoe and Jalisco. I promised I would I would send him feedback, so here it is. So, how y'all been doing? I don't know. I just don't have anything to say. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. It's just, it's just, I don't know. So that's where Dixie Cousins has been hiding out. Or Dicks. Um, yeah, it was good. <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> that was fabulous. <laughs> that was, that was well, great. Yes. Yes. Yep. If I was sending feedback in and this was somebody else's podcast, I would have done the same thing, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was unremarkable. Um, all right, so that's all of them? Yep. All right. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Really appreciate all the feedback. 
keep it coming. Uh, Alright, so prediction for the next episode. The next episode is called Riverboat. <laughs> so what what happens in Riverboat? It's like a dreamboat and there's a bit of a romance on the river. Oh, <laughs> With, like a love boat? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Ooh, it's... With Bowler. <laughs> who's who, who... With Bowler and who? Yeah, who is he romancing? Briscoe. Oh, Briscoe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh. And Pete is the captain. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's like a river cruise boat. And then Dixie provides the entertainment where the guests are like, yeah, Bowler, Briscoe, Socrates. Is Comet going to be on the boat? Oh, yes, he has to if be. If he fits. <laughs> well, it's a if cruise think, ship. So he... Is it his thing, though? Like, is he really a cruise ship kind of guy? <laughs> <laughs> Comet? Yeah. <laughs> Mm. He stows away in Briscoe's luggage. <laughs> he probably goes for the buffet, hey? God, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Alright, yes, so that's all gonna happen. Um, <laughs> so we'll see you guys for Riverboat in two weeks' time. Uh, so thanks for coming on with us, Tammy. Oh, thanks for having me, it was fun. Uh, do you want to plug your podcast? Yeah, if I don't, uh, Robin will kill me. <laughs> is that like a contractual agreement? It is. Uh, yes, yeah, oh. so I have like a lot of podcasts. I am on uh, Intro to X. Um, uh, you've heard it like three times before if you've been listening to this podcast because everybody on there has already been on here. Uh, <laughs> and I am on a belly dance podcast called Yip Podcast. Uh, and I am on I'll Watch That Movie with Tammy and Dan where we cover movies from the 80s and 90s and we actually just recorded an episode yesterday so that's exciting wow Ooh. um and i am also on a walking dead podcast what? with the dbs empire oh, yeah i know i know i'm everywhere i, I didn't can't even know that guys. yeah <laughs> i didn't know that either what's it yeah, called sorry the walking dead one yes yeah, the walking dead podcast it's with the dbm empire so um Dave Maraska is the main host. Nice, mm, cool. Yeah, so I know him. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a big fan of uh, yours and Twin Peaks podcast, so it's um, it's good. I, it's been fun because I love the Walking Dead uh, TV show and the comic books, cool. and it's we have a whole spoiler section, and I love being spoiled, even though I can't on all the intro cast I'm on. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> nice. Cool. All right, uh, Will, what's been going on in uh, Down Below podcast? Uh, we had, had a week off. We did some commentaries, but we're getting back with season one uh, tomorrow. Oh, cool. Downbelowpodcast.com. Sweet. All right, so I guess that is it. Did we forget anything? Nope. I'm just going to cross my fingers right now for Bowler next week. <laughs> will not uncross them for two weeks until I see Bowler again. I'm hoping he's learned how to swim. <laughs> oh, yeah, riverboat. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, uh, poor Bowler. I just don't want another, like, thing where he's, like, you know... I can't swim. Yeah. How, maybe it's just going to be a whole te- whole episode of teaching Bowler how to swim. Oh, that would be awesome. Aw. <laughs> and he's got a little bathing cap on. Aw. <laughs> I would love it. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, we can only hope. He would have the old-timey bathing suit on. Oh, the, the stripey one? Yes! Yeah. The one-piece And he'd have to grow a big, thick mustache, too. Like, the big, thick, curly mustache. <laughs> 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 and wear a monocle. I'm taking this too far. <laughs> yeah. We should leave now. Yes. Before you go insane. Alright. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. See ya. Bye. 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 
Thanks for joining us, folks. Be sure to tune in again in two weeks' time for the next exciting episode. In the meantime, please be so kind as to follow along with us and send your feedback to introbrisco at gmail.com. If you'd fancy to, you can join our discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash introbrisco. Also, we're on them newfangled Twitters at introbrisco, and we've got one of them fancy blogs at introbrisco.blogspot.ca. 